Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the podcast all about slow living in a fast-paced world. I'm Brooke McCallery. My name is Ben McCallery and welcome to episode 247. We are continuing our relationships theme for the month and we're going to talk about existing friendships mm -hmm. or yeah, ways that you can maintain existing friendships when you are sometimes operating in a different level with yeah. your friends. Yeah, it's, I think it's one of the biggest causes of disconnection, I think, for a lot of adults, this lack of friendship and connection. I mean, maybe we're in relationships, maybe like we have a romantic partner, maybe we have close-knit families, but there is something that friendships bring to your life that you really do feel the loss of over time. Yeah. And I think that as, you know, as you grow up, as you become an adult, as you pass these milestones, it's normal and natural for relationships, friendships to drop off. And as you change and your friends change, that's going to happen. But I know a lot of people fear that, first mm. of all. Mm. And then when they realize it's happened, they don't know how to deepen the ones that they have. Yeah, exactly. I think it, it aligns with like life milestones, like when you get married, mm. sometimes single friends drop off. Yep. When you have kids, sometimes friendship groups get rearranged. Yeah. With those that have kids and those, you know, that there's so many influences. But I think slow living is another pretty big influence on friendships, don't you think? Yeah, I do. And we're definitely going to talk about how to create and maintain relationships with people who have shared values next week. That's more about sort of how to yeah. make new friendships. Yep. But also if you still have friendships in your life now, how do you, you introduce know, them to slow? Yeah, but also how do you just spend time in deepening and and prioritizing the ones that, that you have? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get onto that very, very shortly. But before we do, if you're listening to this live, we're coming to you from some city in the US. I'm not sure which one at the moment. <laughs> On the slow book tour, I think we're in LA having just finished a couple of events. But then there's a big event coming up in Salt Lake City. Yes. With Courtney Carver this Friday, the 20th of July. That's right. So if you're in Salt Lake City and you happen to be listening to this as it's it released. Drops. Yes then come on out to the King's English Bookstore uh, in Salt Lake City. The event details are over at slowyourhome.com slash events. But Courtney and I are going to sit down and have a chat about slow and simple living in this crazy fast-paced world and how it's possible and how she has, has made it possible for herself. And then next week we have got a couple of events, or I have got a couple of events in Colorado. Colorado Springs. And Boulder. Boulder, mm -hmm. yeah. So head over to slowyourhome.com slash events for more. Let's get into it. Okay. two episodes in July, we're going to talk about friendships, as you said at the top of the show. But this episode, we're going to focus on those existing friendships and how important it is, or I guess some some tips, if you like, on 
on retaining and making those friendships thrive, even though sometimes you're operating in different spheres. And yeah. You, and it's almost like your values change, have changed. How do you maintain those sorts of relationships? Yeah, and as we said, sometimes we can't, you know, but I think that it's one of the biggest tragedies of a busy, full, you know, unintentional life is that we don't spend time on the relationships that really could be those deep lifelong ones and they drop off and we tell ourselves it's because we weren't aligned or we tell ourselves because, you know, it's because we no longer work together or whatever the case may be. But sometimes they drop off just because they have been neglected from people on both sides. So I think really I'd like to, I'd like to focus on those kind of friendships, the ones that are already established. Yeah. And how do we maintain them? But also how do we go deeper? How do we build those bonds of, you know, forming a lifelong friend love? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, deeper than how do you keep on deepening friendships? Well, I think it's, I mean, like any kind of relationship, I think it's built on trust and time. So the question that we get asked quite a lot is how do you communicate with friends about slow living? existing friends right how do you actually inch how do you let them know that this is you this is who you are this is the way that you're like your life is now going mm. and it doesn't mean that you're going to say yes to every social engagement does right. you're going to have you know you're going to be very intentional with your time which means spending maybe less time with people i'm just trying to get an idea from you of how do you actually start that process with your existing friends I don't necessarily think I did anything, um, you know, overt to introduce people to the idea of, of slow living. I mean, but in saying that, I wrote a blog. So anyone who cared enough to look into what I'd been up to would see that I was writing this blog for the past couple of years about slow living. And that's a pretty clear marker of what I'm valuing and what I'm working towards. Uh, but if you are not writing a blog about it or recording a podcast about your personal philosophy, I think you could do things like share a book that you have recently read mm. or talk about a podcast that you listen to. Maybe there was an episode where someone asked really meaningful questions or they had a really deep conversation and, you know, be like, be, be the advocate for that. If they're like, oh, I don't know what a podcast is, pick up their phone, install the podcast app and then sign them up for the podcast and say, just listen to this one episode mm. and introduce them to the idea that way. Just like, yeah, this is a thing that I'm doing. This is something that I've, I've changed. Uh, perhaps, you know. Could you, you could you even write them a letter? Yeah, of course. Uh, like, like you said, pe people saw your blog posts, for mm -hmm. example, and they knew before they even spoke to you what was happening in your life. Is it a simple matter of like writing a very intentional, hard, like, snail mail letter yeah and telling people that these are the changes that you're making yeah, and that not, this is what like this is how it might reflect you know yeah letting you know that i'm making these shifts and i won't be married to my phone anymore doesn't mean i'm ignoring you i promise you know here's my home phone number <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> call me on that uh yeah I, I think that's a really beautiful idea i mean i don't think i would have done it back in the day but I'm also very guilty of letting friendships deflate over mm. time and convincing myself that it's because we'd grown apart when the reason that you grow apart is because you don't water the grass between the two of you. 
So I think that that's a beautiful idea. Mm. I mean, if you're if, if this is a friendship that is deep enough uh, and full of trust enough that you could do that, then do it. I mean, would you do that? Write someone a letter? Yeah. If you were making big changes in your life, would you honestly do that? No, I prefer to talk to them. Okay. Just straight up. Okay. And what would you say? I'd just say, well, it'd have to be in context, right? So if they were saying like, let's go shopping. <laughs> as all of as all of you and your best friends have done over the years, of course. Exactly. Ben, let's go shopping. Or I don't like, it'd have to be in context. And I'd say, well, actually sort of not into that anymore. I prefer to spend my time X, Y, and Z. Okay. That's the way that I would do it. And because and and, it feels very forced for me thinking about writing a letter and saying, yes. oh, this is me, this is, that's just not what I would do. Not right. saying it's the wrong way to do it, but that's not how I would do it. I'd prefer to just have a conversation with someone. And I'm also thinking about it. Um, Does it have to be that overt though, really? No, that's can, what I'm saying. Can't you just sort of like you did for me in that your actions were much more louder than what you were saying, even yeah. though I thought you were joining a cult, but your actions were proof enough. Yeah, and I, I, honestly, I think that if a friendship is strong and deep enough, people are going to, to realise that you're changing and accept that you're changing. I mean, I think a good friendship is full of acceptance, non-judgment, uh, listening, taking a genuine interest. So if someone is a, a good friend and they're noticing that you are talking a lot about meditation or, um, you know, that there's been a shift in your mindset or the way that you're talking or you're not drinking anymore or whatever it may be, they should ask. And if they don't ask, you can bring it up. You're like, hey, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm not, uh, I'm doing, you know, sober September. Oh, why are you doing that? Uh, you know, because I've, I feel like my mental health needs a reset and this is one of the ways I can do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And start a conversation there. Um, so I think that that's a one probably the most natural way of introducing people who already love you and already know you to these shifts. Don't overthink it. Don't feel like you need to, to um, you know, beat a drum and, and start a parade and, and get everyone to join you. And I, don't, I honestly don't think most people would do that. But there is fear about mm. losing friendships when you're making these changes. Because so that think- is seriously, when we have host, our hostful episodes, we get quite regular questions about how do I... How Maintain let, my friendships. Yeah, how and, do I let my friends know about my lifestyle now and what I want to do and I don't want to go out to a party with them all the time? Yeah. And how do I get people to understand that? In which Even case I that, think... that may have been you in the past. Mm. That I think that's the most difficult because people know you and know what you're like and then suddenly you change. But I think it's... It goes two ways, right? This is a friendship, so it's got to be two ways. Exactly. So your friend needs to come to the party and be, and if they're a true friend, be accepting enough yeah. and be, yeah, just willing to enc- and encourage you as much as possible. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think you're talking about two potentially very different scenarios. Someone makes changes, some friends get it or they accept it or they don't judge it. They're like, okay you're shifting that's cool I still love you and we're still going to hang out and then there'll be other people who are not there like they don't get it they're not willing they're not interested and they're the friendships that drop off Mm. and I think you know if if you really do value those friendships then bring them into what you're doing without 
being forceful. Mm. So if you no longer want to go and party or you're saving your money so that you can travel or whatever it may be, uh, invite them on a bushwalk. You know, uh, go for a picnic. Come over to my house. We're going to play some board games. Don't necessarily assume that people won't want to hang out with you. Invite them to where you are. Okay. Yeah. And then similarly, we need to reciprocate. Yeah. You know, we need to make sure that they know we're still making time for them. We need to ensure that they feel supported and loved still and that you're not going to just drop them cold because all of a sudden you're not drinking or all of a sudden you no longer shop or all of a sudden, you know, you're a minimalist or, or whatever. That can make a relationship feel rudderless on both sides. So do what you can to assure the person that you're not abandoning them. Yeah. You're just changing and that's okay. And if that friend kicks up a fuss and starts to get angry or resentful or... Well, that's a really good sign that you know, maybe... That's, that's, yeah, that's a pretty good sign that that probably is not going to work long term. Maybe they need time to readjust, yeah, give a, them space. A good friend of mine said that a good friend is you should be able to pick up a conversation straight away with them even though you've spent years apart. Yeah. And that's what it feels like with your true friends is yes. that you can just pick up a conversation where you left off years ago. Yeah, I agree. And I've got mates like that and so do you and they're the ones that I value the most. That's not to say though that there's not more we can, that, there's, that we can't do more to develop those friendships and bring them deeper and closer. Okay, well, let's get really, really practical here. What are some of those specific things that we can do? I think you need to turn up. You need to, to choose to turn up and people will say I'm too busy and that's why my friendships are going neglected. Uh, make time. You know, all of it comes back to your priorities in life. There will absolutely be periods in life where you cannot make time and a good, strong friendship should be able to weather those periods, like a new job or a divorce or a marriage or a new baby or a new city or whatever it may be. Those things will have an impact, but a really solid relationship will withstand it and then I think once you're out of the woods of those really busy stressful periods genuinely schedule time if it's once a month they went before we left home I would this is my sisters but uh, I would we, we scheduled a dinner you did yeah the second lovely. Friday of every month mm. and everyone went and mm-hmm. everyone knew it was coming mm-hmm. and it was beautiful mm-hmm. do that with your friends I mean make the first Saturday of the month bushwalking afternoon mm. or we have a picnic you know, three months, like every three months. Different setting a, every time. Yeah, yeah. it's one person yeah. out of the group of friends yeah. organizes it. That means yeah. everyone has to do it once a year mm-hmm. and we turn up, mm-hmm. you know, and I think just a willingness to do that and it comes back to prioritization. I mean, what do you want at the end of life? Do you want a handful of true deep friendships and intimacy with people other than your partner or do you want a whole host like a lives a life's worth of you know kind of half tended friendships people still love you but it's not that intimate deep love that you get with a friendship that has been tended over years i mean turn up for that <laughs> turn up for 70 70 year old you don't turn up for busy 35 year old you you know i mean do it for for yourself now but think about it in terms of the life you want and it makes it worthwhile. I mean, you can mm-hmm. say no to three birthday parties for your kids if it means that you get to go and spend time with your best friend for three hours every three months. Uh, you know, so I think that those kind, that kind of perspective helps us to turn up, first of all. But then when we're there, like, listen. 
you know, we we're talking about active listening mm. and ask questions mm. and genuinely care and have curiosity about what's going on in people's lives, uh, you know, and, and don't be afraid to have meaningful conversations mixed in with the, the catching up. How do, you, how do you have a meaningful conversation with some of your mates? What do you mean? Like as in... Like a deeper conversation, not footy, not politics. Well, there's only not... certain people that I, I do have sure. those sort of conversations with. And how do you do it? Just start talking. I don't know. I get a feel. You just get a feeling of when you can talk about other things other than that really, the really superficial topics mm-hmm. like sport and football and weather and golf and... Or even family and like mm. the like the the day to day. Yeah, and it requires. It has to be the right environment. Even with the right people, it has to be the right environment. Mm. Going to a bar or a pub is often not the right environment. Mm-hmm. But sitting down, relaxing, watching the kids play could be a good environment. So I guess it comes down to two things. It really is the environment that you set yourself up in, but it's also that type of friend that is willing. And you get a, and I think you just get a good reading on someone and whether they want to talk about that stuff. Because, I mean, I've spoken about it before, being part of this mentoring group where men talk about stuff, real stuff, not mm. football, not the weather, not, you know, all the, the scores on the weekend. So, but once you start, so it might, it's tough for some people to break down that barrier, but once people do, you crave it mm. and you really want to talk about the real things and the superficial stuff just feels so empty Yeah, once I, you start having those conversations with people. I noticed a big shift in you over the first, like the period of the first year that you were doing mentoring, I think, that you went, like, not that you were you're shallow in your conversations, but that was basically the the depth of conversations that you would have with most blokes would be kind of like the top third. And then you started to have these conversations and you made a couple of really strong friendships as a result of mentoring. And you would often comment that it's like, it's just the same old stuff. You know, it's fine to talk about like the day to day. It's great. It's important, you know, but there was never that willingness to go deeper. And there was, there will be some things that I would never share in that mentoring group that I do share with my close friends, Mm. but it's just that openness to have conversations that are not stereotypical male conversations yeah. to have. Yeah, and I do think that... are that- really, really important and important for a number of reasons, but mostly uh, around mental health. Yeah. Studies have been shown that if men, and that's why men shared and all these things have been um, developed, is because a lot of men just don't have meaningful conversations with other men. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's, um, I mean, if anyone's interested in, in those in, in that kind of conversation, uh, go back to your episode with Anna uh, because he talks about the impact that that has on young boys and uh, teenagers as well. But I, I think that the flow-on effect is can be really damaging when we not only are people lacking companionship because we're so busy, we're lacking that deeper connection Absolutely. as well. Yeah. yeah. So can I pitch this scenario and you can tell me what, what's the best way to go about it? So you've been in a friendship with uh, a person for quite some time. Mm-hmm. They're no longer willing to accept the way you are and the life that you're living. How do you break up with someone? 
Oh, for me, it's always been quite a, like a natural progression. If that happens, it's kind of a, you know, I'll say no to an invitation to something that I really don't want to do. And if I extend an invitation to that person, you know, to go for a bushwalk or whatever it is that, you know, that, that I'm interested in and that's appealing to me, they'll knock that invitation back. And then the next invitation might be a little slower coming. Maybe the text message won't be responded to straight away. So it's not like a band. You just don't rip it off. Well, I never one, have. But it, it, it sort of just fades away. Yeah, for me, and it's... It doesn't feel great. Don't get me wrong. And maybe, maybe calling that person saying, "Hey, by the way, our friendship's over," would be a quicker and more efficient way of doing it. But I would never do that because mm. that feels like a like a dick move, to be honest. Yeah. But that's just for me because I'm not the kind of person who's going to. I mean, if they asked, I guess I would be honest. Mm-hmm. But I would find that very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really do think that you know, let's not get too overshamed by the fact that rent, that friendships have some of them have an expiry date a life cycle yeah they do mm. and that, that's okay i don't hold a lot of friendships that i look back on i have no ill will to them towards them at all it's just a, a matter of growing apart or having different priorities and that's that's totally fine so i think you're asking about specific things that we can do to help foster deeper relationships with the friendships that we already have uh, and I, I mean, I mentioned meaningful conversations and that's great sometimes, but you, I, I think that you can foster a deeper relationship without having to sit down for a big, deep and meaningful every time you see the person. Like that can get quite emotionally exhausting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's that's actually, you know, a mistake that, that people make when they're trying to build that trust and that that depth to a friendship. It's like every interaction needs to be meaningful. Yeah, that's true, actually. I don't yeah. think it does. I think that yeah. it's it's like it's built on a lot of things, fun and play and joy and creativity and having like a shared goal or suffering through something together or, you know, working together to win a board game, you know, Absolutely. all of these things, plus the deep and meaningful conversations, plus the tears and the, you know, the big opinions and the big feelings and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, sharing ourselves is one way of building that deeper bond. You know, just sharing an insight into who we are at a moment that feels like it would be helpful and seeing if it's reciprocated, seeing if that person is accepting of that, seeing if they're judgmental or not, seeing if they come back with, you know, an insight of their own at some point later. Uh, And I think that kind of opens up a deeper level of conversation too. And here's one that I really quite liked I did a bit of research about other really you know practical ways of deepening friendships and they said do something do a big life event together like attend a funeral with your friend oh yeah or a christening they're hard to arrange though yes thank you didn't say you had to know the person whose funeral it was Like a christening or a wedding, you know, and seeing, but seeing your friend or them seeing you at one of those pivotal moments in a life can really deepen and strengthen your relationship. Because I think walls come down when, when you're, you know. Well, shared experiences through any sort of hardship. Yeah. And that, that, that was one of the other suggestions. Like suffer for something together. I mean, Mm. it could just be training for a marathon together. It could be, you know. Doing the 24-hour challenge Doing around it. Panthers Park. That's right, exactly. Yeah. Walking nonstop for 24 hours, yeah. you know. But suffering for something together really is a binding experience as well. I mean, you've been through it, you know. Mm. 
and your relationship with people after you've gone through it is never the same. Mm. Like, yeah. I quite like, I quite like that one. And I, and I, I know that's why so many of those team-based sporting activities are so popular at the moment, like the Tough Mother, Mudder, like mm-hmm. the, you know, the trail, uh, the trial trails courses, you know, any endurance activity where yeah. it's a team event. I understand and get that and get the allure of that because it does, brings people closer together. Mm. Yeah. For yeah. a common, for a commonality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that I think I already mentioned, but do things like board games and, uh, you know, embrace different parts of your your personality and your creativity with friends. And you know, I just think that's a really fun thing to do. You learn a lot about people. I mean, we had friends who learned a lot about me and my temper a few, what was it, about 10 years ago when we were playing a board game and I threw a TV remote at your head. <laughs> and they still remind me of it every time we see them which is not tiring at all. Um. <laughs> I've still got the mark on my head. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and I also think sharing in an experience, not sitting in a bar, not going to a movie. No, but not... you meant when I was talking about those sporting events like that. Yeah, but also go to a concert. You yeah, know, it doesn't go and... have to be sporting. It no, go to a gallery, go yeah. to a you know an exhibition and experience, like share that experience because that becomes a reference point. Go you're... on holiday with your friends. Well, exactly, exactly. Go camping with them. Get offline. Mm. You know, stick your phones in your cars and leave them there for a few yeah. hours. Like, it's almost getting yourself out of wherever you normally go for that friendship, like yeah. whether it's a pub or a bar or a park or your own house or get out of that environment yes. and go and do something totally different. I guess that's the key there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shake things up, uh, but turn up when you're there with them. You know, everyone's busy. Everyone's chosen to spend time together. Turn up and ask them real questions and look them in the eye and, and care. Mm. Care what they've got to say. Uh, care, care about what they've got to say. And a true friend will reciprocate that over time. And I think kind of, uh, you know, wrapping things up, like we spoke about last week, let your friends know that you love them. Let them mm. know that you're thinking about them. Yeah. Send them a text. Send them a letter. Send them a postcard. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like poke them on Facebook. Something. No, don't do that. Uh, something to let them know that you're thinking about them can go a long way, I think, for because I often think about people. And very rarely would I let them know that I'm thinking about them. But what a difference to get a, you know, a one-line email. Hey, Brooke, just letting you know that I'm thinking about you and I love you. Talk soon. Like That's often enough, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Like, keep keep that, mm. that grass watered. Mm. So from someone who has been very flawed in maintaining relationships, friendships over the years, I think that's what I've got to offer and, yeah. you know, that's what I'm trying to do myself as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, and we're definitely not experts at this and this Mm-mm. is something that we really need to improve on. Yeah, and I, you know, yeah. but I think bringing slow, bringing intentionality, bringing depth, bringing attention to our friendships is going to go a long way to making up for any lacklustre turnouts that we have had over the years. For more information for show notes to this episode, go and visit slowyourhome.com slash 247 we'll be back next week to talk about again friendships but new friendships maybe friendships that have developed and blossomed over a shared love of slow 
Yeah, but also how to find new friends as an mm. adult. Yeah, Something that's a, that we really that's, struggle with. That's a with. question that we get asked a lot. A lot. Yeah. How do we find like-minded people? Yeah, and become friends with them. And become friends with them. There's one, you know, finding them is one thing. But How do you connect with them and become mates and is another. become mates, yeah. exactly. So Let's anyway, that and more next week. Have a good one. Who is that? Hi, podcast.